1: That's
0: who he is, the uh, voice of, of IU. And of course they got a game coming up tomorrow at noon at Lucas oil stadium football wise against Louisville. Don Fisher joins us. Don, I'm going to bring you on here. Hey, good. Ask Don. The same I was about question. to say, you just sh- asked speaking
2: of thousands <laughs> of games. Good grief. If you go basketball <laughs> and football, Holy crud. How many games has Don just
3: flat out forgotten that he was even there for? uh t- too many to to be honest about it number <laughs> one and number, and number t- here's the number here's the number one thing i've got to ask you guys I've been sitting here for like 10 minutes listening to your stuff <laughs> how, in world, how in the world does how does kristin say carmel how in the world can
1: that happen you did say carmel no i didn't you i did, said, Car- you said uh, Carmel. you said carmel i, I think he did i did say carmel you did yeah, i live in carmel
2: well, he travels to Carmel so much on so that Pacers wow. paycheck yeah. he gets. Hey, by the way, I know I know that Fish hates getting patted on the back, but it was awesome to be out there in Vegas last year when he was recognized for all his great work, and uh, he took some time to come talk to my, uh, my dumb ass and spend some time with us. So Fish, did you
0: guys go to the Spearmint Rhino together? We, we did go to the Spearmint cool. Rhino. All right. Uh, so
2: <laughs> Fish is always great, and... I've been here like a quarter century now, and Fish has always been. (laughs) He's the same as he was when I got here. He sounds the same. He looks the same. And so one more time, Fish, I wanted to pat you on the back for all you've done.
3: Well, that's nice of you to say, Chris. I appreciate it. Uh, That's about the only compliment I'll get this weekend. So, you know. The The Carmel thing is awesome.
1: Yeah, that was awesome. Chris did say Carmel, though.
3: Yeah. yeah, he did. I mean, and. Daenerys, and
1: throw the a red challenge flag. Throw a challenge flag. Carmel by uh, Monterey. Is that where I live? Carmel by Westfield. <laughs> yeah, yes. Car- yeah, Carmel by <laughs> Westfield. Yeah, that's where I live. I mis-
3: I had to bring it up because it's the first mistake I've ever heard Daenerys make.
1: Oh Um, no no no! That just uh, that might be setting the table for the year, Don. This is is Don. Now
3: Chris
0: is going to go home and work on this all weekend. You completely
1: (laughs) screwed up his weekend because now you know you know you know how you have all these international players and you have to have them phonetically. I will now have (laughs) Carmel.
2: Hey, nobody shows up more prepared than Ari with his little uh, his hieroglyphics and the things he writes. So yeah, he is going to go home and get in the mirror and he's going to work on this. It
1: was easier, you know. I'm from Westfield. It's, yeah, that's harder to mess up. Well, you know, I really
3: feel bad because now I'm starting to sound like Buckner. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it, hey, it you no, I think it we just ought to go run. ahead and we got to end this right here. That that that's one of the greatest things ever said right here on this show. <laughs> you guys were so stunned I said it that you guys, I mean, I yeah, you were off yeah. <laughs> oh man that is awesome right there it is (laughs) well hey quinn would have corrected him like before you did though you know that oh i know i know trust me i know (laughs) (laughs) so voice of the hoosiers don fisher via the eddie Moore automotive group hotline all right Tell me something we may not know about this matchup coming up tomorrow, which should be incredibly interesting. I, I, listen, it, it offensively got back on, and I know Tavins now installed as the starter. Uh, Play off of that Indiana State game with this matchup with Jeff Brom's Cardinals coming up tomorrow.
3: Well, I'm looking forward to it, and I'll tell you guys why. I, I'm looking forward to it because I think this game is going to tell us a whole lot about this Indiana football team. Uh, The thing that stood out in game one was the defensive play. I thought the defense, again, looked really good last week, excepting for what Tom Allen thought was a letdown in the second quarter when uh, they drove down the field for the only real uh, uh, yardage that they had in the higher, uh, talking about Indiana State now, had in the entire ball game. Uh, But other than that, I I think the defense has really stood out at this point and I think the offense found itself a little bit last week. I thought Taven was terrific, even though Soresby played as well, and I didn't think he did it bad at all. But I think Taven Jackson really showed himself last week. And, I, you know, he's a redshirt freshman. He's going to make mistakes. But you got to go with one guy. And Tom Allen's decided to do that, which I, I'm applauding him for because he certainly gave both of them ample opportunity to show themselves. And now we'll see what, what's going to transpire because – this this Louisville team is really good and and they're really athletic and they're really fast. I don't think they're quite as big as Indiana, but to be a challenge for IU. Uh, obviously, the Hoosiers go into the game a ten point underdog or something in that neighborhood, from what I've heard. And uh, you know, I think this is going to tell this. I think this is going to tell the Hoosier Nation a lot about this football team and just how they perform and. And what kind of a game it will be? I think it's going to be an exciting game, and I think Indiana will be in, in it all the way. The question is, can they finish?
2: Fish, you know, so much of sports is is physical, but a lot of it is mental too. And, and knowing that you're the guy and going out there as the quarterback, you know, obviously a confident young man and his abilities, but just knowing, like, hey, you're, you're the guy, go out there and lead this team. How important do you think that is?
3: I think it's huge, and, and I think that's the one thing, listening to Taven in the press conference on Monday, uh, talk to the media and get a lot of questions from them. The thing that he said, that it, and there were two things that he said that really impressed me, but the one involving his confidence level is huge. He, he, he is a competent kid. He believes in himself. He believes he can get the job done. Uh, He carries himself like a quarterback. You'd like to see a quarterback lead. Uh, I think he does a great job in that vein as well. And I think he showed poise on the football field. So I I think that's a huge aspect of this thing. And he's going to have to grow. He's going to make mistakes. Those things are going to happen. But can they do it with the team? The team now becomes the most important thing. And if he can go out there and maintain that team aspect and the we scenario rather than the I, then I think that's going to benefit him greatly, and I think it'll benefit this program tremendously.
0: So Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, IU Louisville, coming up tomorrow. Um, He's joining us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I I guess I don't know a great deal uh, regarding Louisville, what they bring to the table defensively. From what you've gathered, what does Jeff Brom have in your number one down there defensively with that Cardinal team IU gets tomorrow afternoon?
3: Well, I think that's something else we'll find out. I think the first ball game, they didn't do a very good job of holding on to Georgia Tech early. In the second quarter, I think Georgia Tech outscored them by 15. They were leading at halftime by 15 points. In the second half, they kind of shut Georgia Tech down. It was a close ball game at the end, but nevertheless, they were able to come out on the winning side of it. They had a couple of injuries to defensive backfield guys, a couple of key players at safety and corner. Uh, I think maybe one or two of those guys will be back for this ball game, so they'll be at full strength, I think, from a defensive standpoint if those two guys are ready to play. And without doubt, they are really quick and athletic. Um, they're, I, again, I don't know that they're as big as Indiana, and I don't know that their offensive line is as physical as some of the lines that uh, Indiana's played against before or up until this point. Uh, obviously, Indiana State wasn't a physical one, but certainly Ohio State was. I'm not sure what we're going to see defensively from them, but I think they're a good defense and they certainly have that athleticism and speed that I talked about earlier. So right now, I think, like I said before, I think this is a game that's going to tell us a lot about this Indiana football team. And I'm excited about doing it. I really am. It's going to be a fun game. A cool
2: matchup when you think about IU getting together with Louisville, so school two schools so close together and doing it here in town. And the one thing you can, if you're IU, you can prepare. You you, you haven't seen this team, but you know what Jeff Brom likes to do offensively. And you know different personnel down there, but he's, he's not going to change his stripes just because he went down the road a little bit.
3: No, and he's got Jack Plummer, who was at Purdue for three years and then went to California for a year, and now he transferred back to play with Brom again. <laughs> yeah. So he certainly knows the system, uh, and he's a good quarterback. Uh, is he a superstar? I don't know that. I don't think he is. I, I think he's one of those guys that's probably a pretty good game manager, but he's already thrown three interceptions in two ball games. So uh, he's had his issues at, at times. And, and the one thing that I think Indiana can take advantage of is if he has some, if he's going to make some mistakes out there, Indiana can capitalize. And I think the turnovers might be really huge in this ball game. And that when you say turnovers, you're always talking about, well, we've got to be pretty careful because we've got a redshirt freshman, the quarterback. And he's gotta, he can't make those kinds of mistakes because they could kill you.
1: Don, it'll be a different environment for everybody involved the fans, the players, for you playing at Lucas Oil Stadium instead of down at Memorial Stadium. How important is a day having IU in Indianapolis playing Louisville for Tom Allen's program and for the university at large?
3: Well, I think the biggest thing about it, Chris, is is the fact that they're playing in Indianapolis, where a tremendous number of alumni live. So, you know, it's an opportunity for Indiana fans or Indianapolis fans to see this team in action. Uh, a lot of people that maybe don't get to go to a lot of football games down in Bloomington have an opportunity to see them here at Lucas Oil. And I think it's a, a great thing for the players themselves. These guys are all going to be playing on an NFL field. Now, <laughs> that's the interesting thing. Uh, Taven Jackson's making his fourth appearance at, at Lucas Oil Stadium because he was with a high school football team that won two state championships and got to another final. So uh, he's going to be used to it. But the rest of these guys, this is probably a first-time opportunity for most of them to play in an NFL facility.
2: Hey, Fish and Denari, both of you, i got a nerd question to ask because we're in the business. You, Denari, you do TV, but you did a lot of radio. Fish, you do radio, you've done a lot of TV. Does that change... Your approach, how quickly you react. I'll start with you, Denary. What, how do you present yourself? Do you try to talk less on TV, more on radio? What is your philosophy that I want to hear what Fish says?
1: I, I mean, definitely less on television. You have a picture. I, I think the hardest thing for me, and in, in, in still all these years that I've done TV, it's how much do you talk? Are you talking too much? Or are you talking too little? Because when you you know you're somebody like Fish that's done it for 50 years. I mean, he paints the picture, right? Because you don't have the video. You are relying on Don. You're relying on Mark Boyle to paint that picture on TV. You've got the picture. I don't prepare honestly any differently uh, as f- from a preparation standpoint, but but from a mindset standpoint, it's definitely different. What about you, Fish?
3: Yeah, I, I agree with Chris uh, totally in the sense that I prepare exactly the same way for a television broadcast as I do for a radio broadcast. Uh, but the the difference is, obviously, you've got the picture right there for the fans to watch when you're doing on television. And I always I always felt like you let the color man be the star because that's that's exactly what you'd like to see. And, and you have if you've got a good one, and I had a bunch of them when I was doing the Colts games at preseason – uh, where I really enjoyed working with these guys. And Todd Blackledge is the first guy I ever worked with uh, when I was doing the Colts preseason games back in, I think it was 95. Uh, he was tremendous to help me from a television standpoint because I didn't know a daggone thing about TV at the time. <laughs> and I needed somebody to, to, that had been there, done that, had the T-shirt, so to speak, to help me out. And he was tremendous in that vein. But I always think on television, the color analyst is, is, is certainly the star of the show.
2: Fish, what I love about hearing games on radio, be it football, basketball, whatever, is like that small little split second where you hear the crowd, like, <sighs> and then you wait for the the play-by-play guy. You're like, okay, something good or bad just happened. Let me hear it. And I, I know you, you do a great job of like, okay, what do you got, Fish? And you always deliver. And, and, and like Chris said, you paint that picture of something spectacular happened, and now Fish is about to tell me.
3: <laughs> well, one of the things that I learned very early on uh, was the crowd noise was hugely important first, I think the first couple of games I ever did we didn 't have a crowd mic, and so I was in it like a I was literally in a high school upper deck uh, classroom doing the play by play oh and we, no we we'd we, we the game you couldn 't hear like anything but just us talking in the, in the booth <laughs> in, the, uh, in that studio and it sounded like the worst broadcast in the history of mankind it didn 't just sound like it, it was. Cause I was doing it and I was horrible. (laughs) So all I can tell you is crowd noise is hugely important. And I try to let the crowd be a major factor in our broadcast every single game that I do. And Jake Robinson, who, and Joe Smith, when he was doing the engineering and that kind of stuff, these guys always understood for me, that was hugely important and, and they do a tremendous job of making sure that that crowd can be heard. It's big. Hey, Don, what's the
0: expected crowd tomorrow?
3: You know what? I haven't even asked anybody. I think a couple of weeks ago, somebody told me that they were having problems with the ticket sales. So I don't know what the number is going to be. Hopefully it's going to be as as much as we saw in Bloomington the last couple of weeks, because, and certainly the first ball game, you had a lot of Ohio state fans there, but last week, probably 30,000. I don't know what they announced as the official attendance figure, but I've got, I've been able to gauge over the years a little bit better than I used to as far as how big the crowd was and, I'm not sure we had more than 30,000 for the second game against Indiana State, but hopefully there's at least that many fans there on Saturday if it's not more. And I'm sure Louisville is going to bring a pretty good crowd themselves. Yeah. I actually saw
0: where they were motivated enough, I guess, to uh, load some students up on a bus and make sure they brought some some, uh, busloads of kids up here. That was probably a good idea.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I I think Louisville follows uh, football pretty well down there. I think their football program over the last, uh, what, 25 years or so has been pretty solid. Uh, They've had some interesting coaches there uh, during that time period. Uh, But there's no question their football program has gotten a lot better over the years, and it's certainly solid right now. And Jeff Brom being there, he's going to make it special for those people because that's his hometown.
2: I know, Fish, you got to take one game at a time and one game doesn't make a season, but how critical do you think this game is for IU in the short term and long term?
3: Well, I think just based on, like I said at kind of the beginning here, I just think it's a huge game to find out where Indiana's at right now. It's going to tell us uh, how good this – I think it'll tell us a little bit more about the defense, but I think it's going to tell us even more about the offense. Can Indiana handle what uh, Louisville is going to throw at them from a speed standpoint? Because I think they're going to come after Taven Jackson. I don't think there's any doubt. I think every ball club is going to test him as early as they possibly can in ball games because he's a redshirt freshman. Um, So I think it's going to tell us a lot in that vein. But I think it's going to give us an indication, is this team better than we thought it was going to be? Because I don't think there were a lot of people, when you've got 24 transfer portal guys on your roster, and 23 of those guys are factored into the top 50 on your squad, I think a lot of people thought, man, this is a rebuild. If it's not anything but a rebuild, how can you call it anything but a rebuild at this point? And yet we looked pretty doggone good defensively in that first ball game, like I said, certainly in the second game. And we're going to find out a lot more about this football team and this matchup coming up on Saturday simply because Louisville is a really good ball club.
0: I know you probably don't have an answer for this because you probably don't care, but <laughs> I'm going to ask anyway. Um, do you, have, have, you, have you guys been told whether or not the, the roof or window will be open tomorrow? You're right. I don't have an answer for it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was
0: like, is Don okay? <laughs> Wait a minute. And you don't care. <laughs> I was waiting for you to add, and I don't
2: care. Hey, but, press uh, box no, will be the same.
3: I, I don't, And I really don't care, but honestly... Yeah. I'd I'd hope that they'd have the roof open. I think it's going to be a beautiful day.
0: Yeah, I I just didn't know. I I know with with, what we hear about the limitations of being able to open the roof and the window on on game days for the Colts is if it reaches 80 degrees anytime between like 1 and 3 or 4 o'clock, then that means it's going to be closed. And if it doesn't, that means it's going to be open or whatever that's yeah. worth. And, and then, you know, if the sun's shining in at that time of day, which is going to be like for you you guys there or IU there, it's going to be like, um, you know, a, a game day on a Sunday. Um, the sun on the, I guess it would be the, the northwest corner there, of the sideline, the northwest sideline right there, um, the sun is packed on that the entire day. Uh, at least for the game. And I think that's why the Colts have always decided not to open it because the sun is on hmm. their sideline the entire time. And uh, I, I didn't P- know Peyton that Manning works.
2: was not a fan of that when he, he, saw, the, that. When he yeah. saw the initial outline there.
0: Yeah, he hated that. Huh. He was on top of it really before anybody else. And, you know, I, you've seen that before with the Colts games when, when they have the sun there and the sun's beating down on their sideline. They have like some of the ball boys ho- holding drywall above the players (laughs) sitting on a bench right there, and they don't want that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They don't want that. I
3: I have no idea. And if it it is, if they've been having issues with having it open and that kind of stuff, then my gut is they'll probably be closed.
0: Yeah, (laughs) you're probably right about that.
3: Hey, you guys hitting our table tonight? No, I'm going down to Ellettsville to see uh, my son's football team and see if they can't finally get a win after losing the last three (laughs)
0: All right. That's uh, Ellensville with the red turf tonight. You better take your sunglasses for that one. Hey, Fish, are you
2: going to the Carmel game later?
0: (laughs) I'm heading
1: back to Carmel in a few minutes.
3: I hope you don't have to live with that too long, Chris. I'm sorry, buddy. All right.
0: All right. Thanks, Fish. Yeah, you just wait until Quinn brings that up in the first game they broadcast, all right? You (laughs) wait. All right, buddy. You have a great call tomorrow. We'll be listening. Thanks, Don. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it.
4: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
0: Mike Wells is on here. So Hagen had picked out Silk and Freak Me for your slow jam reentry, Ooh. And evidently you hung up. You hung up. Man, a, man can, can, we get, can we get that cue back
5: up? Yeah, I mean, or yes. Oh, uh, <laughs> the things you want me to
6: do.
1: I look oh, forward to this every Friday.
6: <laughs>
5: <laughs> I mean,
1: I may there. be out. I may I be out mowing the lawn, listening to Wells. <laughs>
0: look at that high note, my man
1: gets right there. Are you sure
0: you weren't part of Silk back then? This sounds like there. Jodeci to you too. You could have been oh, in Jodeci hey. Silk. Oh uh, yeah! I'm telling you. Listen, See,
5: 1993, all... sophomore year in yeah. high school, boy. Let's just say I had that. I had that uh, CD on repeat back in the day when Mama and Papa can... weren't around.
0: <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> and, I, and I was in my 20s then. Can you imagine? This would be a. This was a great closing song. Not uh, being able to seal the deal. If that's playing in the background, that means you have no uh, game whatsoever. Listen, let's go back uh, to Wales uh, for that. We're,
5: we're, we're, we're on Sports Talk Radio. I don't want to sit here and throw out some lines on what lady, whatever the lady would say to, you, would say to the guy, I'm talking about getting freaky with me, you better go get freaky with somebody else. It ain't happening with me right now.
2: <laughs> well, what's funny is if you look back on those days, Wells, I, I know we all thought we were something in 10th grade, and you look back and do, watch the game film of 10th grade. We, we had no game, if you think about it.
5: Oh, my God. Listen, I was looking at I was bored the other day. So I was on Peacock looking at New York Undercover. And the way they used to dress in the 90s, I'm like, them damn oversized (laughs) jeans, the the FUBU shirts they had on, cross colors. What the hell were we thinking in the 90s, man?
0: I wore a uh, a, uh, multicolored belt that you tied in the front in a knot. And then I pegged my jeans and then also pegged – my shirt sleeves. I, back I, then. I
2: had my Jabot jeans. I pegged those. I'll be rocking I, I some had, Ocean Pacific. You had the belt that was way too long <laughs> yeah. and it kind of went down the leg. It'd there be was, hanging
1: down yeah, like this. Yeah. You know, oh, how yeah. about you guys just go back to the 70s? I <laughs> yeah. mean, come on. Bell bottom Denary. I mean, I, mean Denary. I go back to the you're, 70s. Your prom
0: picture is like one of the greatest pictures of all time, Daenerys. <laughs> Did
2: I'm you tired. have the ruffled well, shirt, I mean, Denary, and the big bow tie? You had, look
0: like you're going to the prom and carry. I had the film, carry.
1: I had the white tux on. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, white tux on. Had to match my. My my wife, or my yeah. girlfriend at the time, had to match exactly. Yeah. Right. Well, on I today's episode guys, of Men of a I'm Certain a, I'm Age,
5: a, I'm an agent, guys, right now. So I teach a class called Sports Media and Society down at IU. 125 students in there, and I had a couple students stick around afterward yesterday, and one of the students, she truly had on a pair of overalls with the strap hanging down, one strap down, and I. Oh there my you go. God, I That's said, awesome. I said. I used to, but she didn't have, she, she didn't have jean um, on. She doesn't regular. I said, I used to dress like that in 1991.
0: And of course, I looked <laughs> yeah. like I was an idiot. I was like, that's how I used to roll back in the day. I told, I, I was talking to um, Ron DeVoe and, and um, Ricky Bell of new edition in, in Bellevue DeVoe about three months ago. And I said, you know, you guys started that. They started that the the one strap down, and they started you know with the, the work the work boots, the kind of Timberland boots. They started those trends back in the late eighties, early nineties.
5: I'm telling you. And by the way, what 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 brought this moment on? Where we don't have not only do we have on my favorite four foot five, um, thank you, fifty nine CBS four. Now we have on my favorite play-by-play voice, along with former Fox 59 sports director, Chris. And we got a double dose of Chris's on the show today. I'm loving it.
1: Well, well, Wellesley, I had to be here. It took me exactly three and a half minutes to get here. So if I didn't show up, (laughs) then something's wrong. So I'm just right down. I'm not very far from here, a little bit north. So we're only worth the three and a half minute drive. If it was ten minutes, Denary wouldn't <laughs> no, be here. I I thought about yesterday. You you guys were out in fishes, but I thought uh yeah, I, I don't want to I just do it here. Yeah, I, if, if Eric and Ritchie, I knew, Hagen, I knew Hagen would be here. If Eric Ritchie were here, we would span like two decades. <laughs> would we not? And Ray D'Alessio yeah. and
0: Ray Delessio. Brian
1: Hammonds, we could go. I mean, we could we could have you covered for the last 30 D'A- years.
0: Delessio was like five foot two, wasn't he? is shorter than I am. He's our age
2: shorter than I am. By the way, he texts me all the time and he's so angry with the he's a huge Colts fan. And he, he was a kicker in college. He kicked it, Eastern Illinois. Yeah. So he bought a, um, he bought a jersey for the ill-fated uh, kicker from last year, Hot Rod. And he, he, bought, he spent good money on a Hot Rod jersey. Now he's mad at me because Hot Rod's not a colt anymore.
5: Well, listen, hey, she, hey, you should have told him that, hey, it had Hot Rod not been playing with Legos the whole time, he'd
0: probably still be <laughs> <laughs> Well, Well, I'm going to tell you this. If uh, Hot Rod basically got cut, after that ill-fated performance against Houston. And And if the Colts had maybe another running back of any kind that was capable of playing or producing, Deion Jackson might have got a similar fate after last week. That was one of the worst running back Colts games that we have ever seen in the history of this team in Indy. It was awful.
2: They've always had in the history uh, we've been here. Go ahead, Wells.
5: I was going to say, I would love to say I saw the game live but as much as I'm praising Fox 59 and CBS, here he goes, here he goes. I was not able to watch the game live because they can't get their beat together. So I wish I could have been texting you guys about how boo boo Deion Jackson was, but I still can't watch the damn games
0: live. I think a lot of people are struggling in
1: that category right now, aren't they? Fox Sports hey, hey, app Andy. though, you can do it. You can, yeah.
0: Well, I, I watch yeah. it on. I watch it with an antenna on. Uh, uh, could, could I, you want to read my commercial? I had to
2: do. Yeah. Colts fans, this is Fox 59's Chris Hagan. It's week two of the NFL, with our Colts facing the Texans on Fox 59. But if you're a Direct TV customer, you're out of luck. Please continue to call eight five five My Fox 59 now. That's eight five five My Fox 59 now. That's what I've been told to say to people. Well, so there, there's but, my response. But here's the
1: thing: I have AT and Verse, so it's yeah. tied to Direct TV. Um, when I want to watch something on CBS Four. I go to Paramount Plus, which I have, yeah. so I can watch stuff. And last week, I was able to watch the Colts game on the Fox Sports app. So huh. right. I, I, well, how that, that worked, I don't know, know but I, uh, it worked.
5: Denary got the a life former hack. Guy, the former guy at Fox, they'll help me out instead of the current guy
2: at Fox, throwing me a bone. I thought we was voice. Hanging. I told you, uh, Wells, I told you to come to the station, hang out. We'll watch the clean feed. We'll see it before anybody. <laughs> yeah, I'll get thanks. you some chicken wings. Uh, we'll be in four, business. Or how about you just give me – if I weren't going to Ohio for my son's soccer tournament this
5: weekend, I'd tell you to give me the keys to your place so I can come I and do because I, I know your ass is going
2: down to Houston not to watch some good football but to get you some good barbecue. You know what? I've gone the last couple of years, but it's um, Chris is Chris going down there to get in a fist fight with somebody over his stool in the press box. <laughs> but yes. you Whitlick know, oh, also – Whitlick went to school – Wedlick went to school at Texas, so they're going to go tomorrow night to the Texas-Wyoming game in Austin, and then they'll be at the, the Colts game on Sunday.
0: Hey, Wells, I want to ask you this. And, hey, Wells, I'm curious, and you brought up, because people locally, and obviously you can listen to the game right here on Sunday, but if you have Direct TV, if you stream TV, or if you have AT&T U-verse, you're not going to be able to see it, or you'll have to go to memes in which Chris Denary just mentioned you have to go to. What, what do you think is an adequate reimbursement for not being able to watch going into Sunday, two Sundays of Colts football? I mean, what, what should we be asking? How should we be asking? What, what do we get in return for this? Because I haven't made the call yet, and I thought about it, Mike, on the way up here, you know, calling DirecTV or calling somebody and thinking, all right, so what do I get? Do I get, like – Hustler Channel or a discount, or what? What do I get in return for this? Listen,
5: uh, Hagan, I know I'm teasing you about this, but put it like this: and J and can co-sign on this. I have not had another a, a certain other TV station for more for almost four years, and I've never mentioned that TV station on the air. But twice in twice in a week span, I've talked about your station on the air. But that tells you I care about your station more than the other See. TV station of
2: your favorite. Sports director in town, you know that. Well, well Wells, <laughs> as long as I'm your favorite four foot five sportscaster, that's all that really matters to me.
5: But Who's I will your tell you, the
0: sports director in town. Who's he talking about? I don't know. Okay. Uh, I mean, is my I, I, favorite Hagan, sports director.
5: Hagen, don't, don't be lying two days before Sunday, bro.
2: Hey, listen to this. I'll tell you a little life hack, and don't drop my name when you do it. But if you call these uh, DirecTV folks and tell them you're going to cancel because you don't have the channels. They'll put you on the line with some other person who's like the retention specialist, yeah. and they will knock a significant amount of money off your bill.
0: How significant are we talking?
2: We're talking close to a hundo a month. Really? For the next Ooh. year. So I called hey, hey, there, I called and played hardball, and I'm telling the truth. You
5: call and I know, say, but, I, hey, I'm why, 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 hey, why are you telling everybody on the radio about that? You should have told me first so I could have did it before coming on the air, <laughs> well, you, but, and then hey, everybody else you, talked about it.
2: Well, everybody out here is drinking; they're not paying attention. So as soon as we hang up, you so, get on that phone. One hundred bucks for a month really? for the, for a full year. A full year? Yeah.
0: One hundred bucks a month? Yes. Oh my! Well, I gotta do that. And this, maybe I was this, just gonna ask for like
2: penthouse or hustle. And maybe this will put the heat on them yeah. folks to come to the bargaining table. Oh, there's a bee over here. He's gonna get yeah. the nary. Oh, don't hit him toward me. Why does everybody do that?
0: <laughs> Good gravy. All right. Hey, Mike. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio joins us again. We're live at Taylor's Pub. Chris Tedere, Chris Hagan, JMV here. You guys can join us as well to get Rams-Colts tickets as we'll give those away a little bit later on. Um, What were your thoughts on what you witnessed last Sunday in that initial game with Anthony Richardson and the Colts? And, you know, we're all going to add our thoughts in about what we expect in Houston coming up on Sunday. What were your thoughts, though, last weekend, Mike?
5: You know what? In all honesty, and I know again, I'm going to reiterate. I didn't watch the game live. I did watch it later on. Uh, but I, w- I, he was what I expected. I mean, of course, he, he made some mistakes. I felt like he held on to the ball too, too long at times. But I thought overall, the kid was solid, man. I mean, you, you, you can't yeah, expect, you can't expect a guy to go out there and kick and just throw for 400 yards in his first start. You look at Bryce Young; he's getting he multiple interceptions out there. Um, um, C.J. Stroud was not. Anything great, so mistakes are going to happen. People expecting players to go out and you know dominate do, dominate from from the from the, the get go. That's just not going to happen like that. But I think again, you saw his running ability. He does. Chuck McGarland did make a great point. You got to you got to protect yourself better. He can't sit here and all of a sudden you know put his body at risk right away because if not, he's looking at a, a short not only a shortened season but potentially a shortened NFL career because he's going to take a number of hits. So. I know he's built like a freight train, but he's got to, he's got to do do it from the side of being able to protect himself.
2: Hey Wells, I was talking with uh, Robert Smith, who'll be on the call for Fox in this game, and I asked him. I said, "Is it fair that a, a you know two kids, twenty one years old, are be having the future of the franchise placed on their shoulders?" And he said, "It was funny. It was some real talk." He said, "Who cares if it's fair?" They, they both got drafted in the top four. They're both getting paid a lot of money. You got drafted there to come out there and play right away. So no, no sympathy for, from him as far as for Stroud and Richardson. But I, I'm agree with you that I think he handled everything great last week. He did have the ill-timed pick, you know, in the fourth yeah, quarter when uh, it's money time and the, and the game's on the line. But other than that, I, 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 he went well beyond my expectations for a week one against a, a reigning division champ.
5: Yeah, no, nah, exactly. So, you know, now I will say this, and you know, I was I was golfing with Zach keeper today, and and we were talking about how they 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 can't afford to lose again this week. They can't go to zero and two considering what's lying ahead of them on the flip side of the schedule. They have they have to go on the road and beat a Houston team that is not good at all. I mean, I'm not saying the Colts are a very good team either, but they have to be able to go on the road and beat a team that's not very good.
0: It's uh, Mike Wells of ESPN Radio joins us. I'm going to say play off of something what uh, Hagan said. I I thought that Shane Steichen, with his call and the way that he went through, especially the th- first half of that game into the third quarter as well. You know, I thought he set him up for success. So I, I I will also give credit to the coach for that. Now part of the issue is they can't run the football any better than Mike you can right now, which is problematic because yeah. his forte, his signature is going down the field and putting some touch on a football. And we ask, well, where's Alec Pierce? Well, maybe Alec Pierce would show up down the field in one of those types of situations if the Colts could take a shot and they can't because they have zero running game. And we'll see if Zach Moss helps, but you have zero running game last week because you took a month long and you didn't address it. You had the offseason to address it even more. Jonathan Taylor's on PUP. And it is a negative situation all of their own doing right now, Mike. And, and you can't see, again, a signature of Richardson until you're able to run the football a little bit. Hopefully they can't Sunday.
5: Well, the fact that Anthony Richardson is your best quarterback and your best running back on, on the team, that, that, not, that doesn't set yourself up for an opportunity to have success out there. So, again, um, and, and you made that point, of who who is Alec Pierce? Is he on the roster? First one, about who he is, and so, <laughs> so we're talking we're talking about not having you know your number quote unquote number two receiver do anything, yeah. not having a running game and a rookie quarterback that is a combination for disaster, and I'm not talking about just for week one, I'm talking about for the entire season, so I know Jonathan Taylor posted a story, an Instagram story about him out there catching the pass and everything, but guess what Jonathan Taylor's not walking through the door tomorrow and coming back for the Colts tomorrow. he still got several more weeks. So that's going to be up the Shane Sykin and, shoot, you're going to say even Chris Ballard to figure out from a personnel standpoint how they're going to put Anthony Richardson in position to have some kind of success.
2: Yeah, Pierce, three targets, one catch, five yards. Yeah. Not what you expect for how high they took him and what he was billed as. Uh, I was – Curious, you know, a younger quarterback's going to have his kind of security blanket. Early, it was Josh Downs, and then down the stretch, it was Michael Pittman, Jr., and, and and that's really important, isn't it, Wells, to establish a guy you can count on, especially when you're that young and maybe you, you get a little antsy in the pocket and you're thinking about tucking it and running, but having a guy you know is going to be there and make a play for you? Yeah, and by the way, I was wondering where Michael Pittman, Jr. was too early on, but no, it was, it was good to see him go. But you got to have
5: that security blanket. You think about... You know when Andrew Luck was here, he had he had Reggie Wayne. Reggie Wayne was going to be there for him, and then T.Y. Hilton developed that rookie season. You can't say Anthony Richardson has that guy. That guy is still waiting to come about. You hope what we saw in the second half with Michael Pittman Jr. is going to be a carryover going forward. That okay, Pittman says I got to find a way to get open because I can't leave my QB standing in the pocket or my QB in the position of tucking the ball and running because that's going to lead. That's not going to lead to uh, any kind of success.
1: You know, Wellesley, since you've got the Pacers connection here, I thought I would tie this together. I was watching Hagen sportscast the other night. Anthony Richardson was being interviewed. I closed my eyes, and honestly, I thought, he sounds a lot like Benedict Matherin in the way that he addresses things. And then the other thing, I don't know if people know this. I learned this during the NBA draft, that Josh Downs and Ben Shepherd played youth sports together in Sewanee, Georgia. Shepard was a really good football player. So I find it ironic that two top draft picks, one for the Colts, one for the Pacers, grew up together as kids, are now here playing as rookies, will play as rookies uh, in the NFL and the NBA. I think that's pretty cool. But to your point, I, I think Richardson, listening to him, he reminds me of-, of Matherin. They're both about the same age, and they both are locked in with what they want to do.
5: I-, I, love, I love the maturity the maturity sense. Uh, the, the Richardson for for a kid that's so young, he comes across so 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 mature. I mean, I know people are making a big deal on social media about him buying some headphones for all his teammates and everything, but the kid's trying to embrace the role of being the franchise guy. He 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 is trying to embrace embrace the role because he everybody knows what, what's going on with the what, the what has happened with the quarterback position for the Colts over the last couple years. But he is embracing that leadership role. And by the way, you just pass along a great. Sit down interview for Chris Hagan on Fox 59 and CBS4, having those two guys sit side by side and talk about that. So great little. Uh,
2: great little and, and of course, Denary, of course, Daenerys says it to everybody. Every, every <laughs> station in town hears Denary's great idea. He couldn't just pass that to me. Hey, real quick, Wells, before wait, I let wait, you wait, go. Hagen. Hey, you,
5: you no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. The same way you didn't pass the tip about DirecTV to me, but you let everybody in the air know about <laughs>
2: getting $100 off a month for a year. Good try, brother. You just reminded everybody. Hey, quick, real quick, before we hit the break, have you been have you been watching? And you two other guys, have you been watching Winning Time and seeing all the cool stuff yes. with Larry Bird? Yeah. Love it. His his uh love it. His story through the seventies. Love, awesome. oh, yeah. love it.
0: Absolutely love it. I'm telling you what, John C. Riley is like more like Jerry Buss than Jerry Bus was like Jerry Buss. That's how good he is right there. That is, and I know Jeff Perlman, who had the book initially, had been talking about guys and social media. That this could go away. This may be the last season if people don't watch it. I hope that's not true, because they have so many other storylines we know they can do go to, and it has been entertaining as hell so far. Agreed.
5: No, it, it has, and it's perfect time and I got to break off of this because, because um, I'm out to head to the Brownsburg homecoming parade. I'm getting on the float. V, <laughs> your favorite member of the Wells household, Layla will be dumping yes. our candy. Yes. Hey tay will be trying to act like he's a major league pitcher and throwing the fastball 100 miles an hour, to hit people in the head with candy, <laughs> and I'm going to be sitting back relaxing. Denary, I still got to get you, my, uh, get you to talk to one of my classes down at Bloomington. Uh, we, we haven't made up a link up yet. Hagan did a hell of a job um, over the summer when I did some high school students. So I need you to come in and do an All even right. better job than what Hagan did.
1: You dial it up. I'll be there.
5: All right. Hey, fellas, have a great weekend. And um, Hagan. Uh, if, if I call DirecTV and they say, "Hey, we've already reached the max quota on the amount of hundred dollars we can get, off, get off,
2: and off, and off," I'm gonna be so pissed off at you, brother. I'll
0: write you a check, Wells. <laughs> My friend Greg says NFL tickets twenty-two dollars a week, so ask for twenty-two dollars a week credit. There you go. So yeah, and by, and by the thought. way,
5: I try. I, somebody, I put it on Twitter last week, so I, I went ahead and got the free NFL uh, Sunday ticket. And the Colts game was blacked out, so I canceled it. Uh, I canceled my seven-day trial. I'm that damn cheap. I did that.
0: All right, man, get to your parade over in Brownsburg. All right,
5: fellas. Y'all be good. Have a great weekend, guys.
0: from Golden Black Illustrated, I wanted to make sure I got started out and got our collegiate football understood and ready to go. Tom Deanhart of Golden Black Illustrated joins us to start this Friday's show via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Hey, hey Tommy D., we talked about this leading up to VOTEC. I was extremely impressed. If you were going to tell me that you've got that environment at Lane Field and mm-hmm. then you're going to have to start, get a lead, and then stop – and then rejoin that game basically six or seven hours later, and Purdue would pull away and win. I would have said that was a good win anyway, but the way they did that I thought was even more impressive. What about you? Yeah, you're right. I mean, Ryan Walters talked about that this week,
7: John. Overcoming adversity, right? And the adversity started the week before when they lost the tough game at home to Fresno State. Said there could have been finger pointing after that game. There wasn't and you have to go on the road. You talked about Lane Stadium, a tough environment. You blow a 17 not the lead. You have to endure that long rain delay, and you still come out and find a way to win it. Um, says a lot. Now, Virginia Tech's not the best team in the world, but still, John, to, to overcome all that when you had every yeah. excuse in the world to lose has to be a nice next step of this program, entering tomorrow night's big game at home against Syracuse.
0: Hey, we remember what happened a year ago. A little bit of a hangover from that Syracuse game still from a year ago. Uh, give me some of what we know, I think, Offensively, especially the differences, and on the sideline, the differences for the Boilermakers. But give me some of the similarities from what we had witnessed a year ago compared to what we may see at Ross Aid coming up tomorrow night.
7: Offensively, you know, we were just starting to get a peek at Devin Mocteau this time last year. And right now, I really think he's the straw that stirs the drink on this offense. No offense to Hudson Card, the quarterback from Texas. They got to get Mocteau going every Saturday if they want to win, I think. Um, He's just unique. He, he can't really teach what he's got. There's nothing really physically impressive about the guy, but he has that knack to find those creases, hit those seams, and he dies hard, I like to say, and runs like it's his last run every time he has the ball. And When he's going, obviously that opens up everything else for that offense. But I will say this, too. If there's going to be good teams, they've got to get Deion Burks more involved. Number four, their best receiver, the best big play guy, only had one catch last week. They've got to figure out a way to get him the ball, even if defenses are trying to take him away.
0: Um, Mockaby has had some good moments and then maybe some some not so good moments so far production-wise. What's been the reason there? And and then how can you get those guys, I guess in general what you just said, how can you get those guys a little more proactively involved in an offense where it's going to be necessary as you move forward and these games get even tougher? <laughs>
7: I think what helps Devin is if he's active, if if if, if, he gets, if he gets lathered up, so to speak, if he's getting carries, he gets better and better. I think, and in the offensive line, I thought took a little little next small step last week too, got a little bit more of a consistent push. Uh, that helped Devin Mockaby's production, and you know, as far as Deion Burks goes, you know, you got to you got you to gotta go to page you know ten, eleven, twelve to page thirty in your playbook and, and find ways to get him on jet sweeps, just throwing him quick passes out in space. If they're not going to let you throw it to them deep, just get it to them underneath coverage or get it to them behind the line of scrimmage. Just hand it off to him to let him try to use that speed and that strength to make plays that we saw he, you know, that he really displayed against Fresno State in the opener.
0: It's uh, Tom Deanhard, Golden Black Illustrated. You get the Boilers and Syracuse coming up tomorrow night. It's uh, one on the schedule for the Big Ten, of course. IU Louisville at noon at Lucas Oil Stadium in downtown Indianapolis. I, I always enjoyed the uh, nighttime games at, at Ross Aid. I, I don't know if you've run a check on how well the Boilers normally play. I mean, considering what they did to Ohio State years ago, that's probably at the top of the list, but how does that thing turn out, normally speaking, when the Boilers have that West Lafayette nighttime affair like they're going to have tomorrow night? The fans love it.
7: You know that they got all day to get lubed up. The weather's supposed to be good. The the PBR and Hams is going to be flowing, uh, and then the Natty Light is flowing good here in West Lafayette all day tomorrow. So, yeah, hopefully the team can feed off. But you know, the stadium's been renovated. Uh this will be uh first of two night games in a row, of course. Next Friday night they've got Wisconsin on F S one for a big uh big ten opener. So this will be two night games in a row for the fans here. And again, uh, everybody likes it just because you have more of a more more of a big lead on the game for you to have some fun out in those parking lots.
0: All right. Um, you mentioned Hudson Card a little bit earlier. What's been your impression through two weeks of the Card era offensively under center for Ryan Walters and that Boilermaker team?
7: Pretty good. You know, no, no turnovers uh, for Purdue at all on offense in two games. One of just two Big Ten teams with no turnovers so far. One of nine in the nation. He uh, makes all the throws. And you know what? Last week we saw him get more involved running the football with the RPOs. Uh, uh, reading the defense, reading that defensive end, deciding whether going to hand it off or to keep it. I think he's going to have to get better and better at that, John. I think they're going to need his feet to give this offense another dimension. I mean, again, we saw a little bit more of that last Saturday, and maybe will see more on Saturday night. He's a, he's a good kid who seemingly checks all the boxes, and so far so good through the first two weeks. I think most fans have been very pleased with, uh, with how Hudson Carson performed
0: uh, Tom Dean before I let you go here uh, defensively speaking did we see a group that made some strides last week especially compared to how maligned they were in week number one at home against Fresno State giving up big plays on third down not being able to get off the field did we see some strides in Blacksburg last weekend with that group
7: yeah you had to think so Uh, again tech tech Tech's a limited team, but still a good confidence builder for Purdue, right. Want Only gave up 11 yards rushing the fewest they've ever given up in a road game in school history. I talked to Kevin Kane at length this week, the defensive coordinator, and he said, look, their, their, their M.O. is to shut down the run. And they know they're going to give up the passes, and we saw a lot of that ugliness against Fresno State. They just want to keep everything in front of them, not give up the big play, not give up the touchdown. So that's going to be it. You know, they had five guys across the front they got everybody covered up. You're supposed to beat your man one-on-one. Needs an inside linebacker free to scrape and get tackled. So they, they know what they want to do. I think they got a good, good glimpse of what this defense can be last week. Now they have to try to bottle that and see if they can replicate it against a pretty good uh, Syracuse offense that's uh, really been on a roll out of the gates the, the first two games of the year.
0: All right, what's your pregame? Are you gonna go over on the hill, do uh, do a couple of body shots. What, what's your plan up there, Tommy D? What's happening? A
7: couple of shots of Jägermeister, a couple of old styles. <laughs> I'll be styling and profiling now, but no, I always like walking around a little bit, just taking in the ambience and the, and the atmosphere of, uh, of the whole of the whole areas. Nothing like a college campus on a Saturday uh, morning, afternoon, John. You know that it's so much fun walking around yeah. before gaming. Seen everybody having fun.
0: I was up there. I think it might have been '93, and and maybe it was Notre Dame. I, I can't. I was up there for a night game. I thought at '93, and I say I think because my memory is a little shaky. Because I, I was hanging out with a friend of mine who was a member of the Skull House down there, and oh, yeah. I think I they dared they dared me to scale the flagpole. I have no idea why I did that, and I ended up doing that. And I think like only one of the five I was with ended up going to jail that night. So, all in all, it was a pretty good number. Pretty good, productive evening in West Lafayette.
7: Yeah, fun. Hey, you, 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 you like this. Tim Stratton's coming back, number 89. I talked to Tim oh, well. today. He's fired up, man. Tim's an all time favorite. I had a lot of fun talking to him about that Michigan game in 2000 yep. when, he, when he, he lost his helmet, was, was there, was crowd surfing, climbing the goalpost. And just a lot of fun. He's one of the more fun-loving former Boilermakers. And he gets in town tomorrow, and he's pretty fired up.
0: You know, it's funny. I, I can't. One of my memories, I, when I hear his name, it always seems like it's being said by Pete Quinn. <laughs> Pete Quinn may have said his name <laughs> during his time in West Lafayette on the Boilermaker Radio Network, more than anybody, and including Drew Brees, anybody, I think. I mean, I, I, everybody, like you mentioned, was a huge fan. I think Pete was an incredibly large fan back in the day. Caught,
7: so caught a lot of passes. He was. Fun. Mike Allstot was back for the Fresno State team, so it's always kind of fun to yeah. catch up when those those old timers roll back to campus and relive some of their their glory days.
0: Tommy D, Golden Black Illustrated, got uh, Purdue and Syracuse coming up tomorrow up at uh, Ross-Ade Stadium. Again, that's a night game. You can check that out. Tommy, I appreciate you as always. Have a great day coming up tomorrow, and we'll check in again soon.
7: Always love it, John. Be good, my friend.
4: Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you.
0: Andy Moore, Automotive Group Hotline. Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talks, got us all dialed into week number five. Hello, Bob. How are you? Hey, John. How are you? Outstanding, Bob. Outstanding. Some of your early thoughts on week five we're going to get into. I know that our game of the week tonight with Brendan King is coming at you at 7 o'clock. you got east side and west side. That's Ben Davis and Warren Central in a nice one this evening, Bob.
6: Great game. I mean, uh, really, really great game. Uh, Both teams playing well. Um, There's a whole lot going on here. Both these teams are playing very, very well. You're the midway point, too, John. You know, you, you, you yeah. ought to be playing well. So that, that's, a, that's one of many good games here in central Indiana.
0: No, there's no doubt about that, too. You, you start right there, uh, just really not too far from where I am right now. you, you got north central, and you got cathedral. And uh, yeah, cathedral is a really good team and probably stinging still a little bit after yeah. that prolonged affair from friday to saturday morning and then a losing and come from behind a fashion by chatard uh last saturday morning so you know maybe something to get off off the mat for with the irish over here at north central later on tonight
6: i wouldn't doubt it i'm sure they had some spirited practices this past week but uh, give give uh, Chittard credit chatard is legit i mean if i were in 3a i'd be i'd be very concerned about having to play these guys they're, they're, they're so good, and, and to come out and hold that cathedral offense scoreless in the second half, uh, nobody else has been able to do that. So I think it speaks volumes and how good Shadart is.
0: Yeah, yeah I mentioned Ben Davis, uh, Warren Central, our high school football game of the week, butchered by CarX, the 14th Central Indiana Joe Childers run CarX locations at CarX.com. 4-0 Brownsburg, 3-1 Fishers that won by virtue of the Mudsock game last friday night too bob yeah
6: it's a great game really was a good one as you would expect when those two teams play brownsburg john just keeps getting better and better they are a a solid team great skilled players uh and i think it's a um that's a tremendous matchup that's like a a regional uh type of matchup The, the quality of play is that good um and you know it's just a couple of teams that know a lot about one another and they're playing well, Zionsville and Noblesville. The Noblesville team is playing better. It's another good game uh, on on that side of town. So if you're in Indianapolis or central Indiana, you get plenty of games to go see. There's some really tremendous games without question.
0: So, Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talks got you covered with all the finals and the conversations coming up later on tonight. Then a recap, I'm sure tomorrow night, uh, the college football Saturday schedule, which includes IU, uh, Lucas Oil Stadium against Louisville, coming up at noon tomorrow. Uh, One final look in 6A, 4-0 versus 4-0 Hamilton Southeastern got that Mud Sox win last Friday night. They get 4-0 Westfield as Hamilton Southeastern also 4-0. And if you're going to look for maybe the best game on the schedule, that's probably it.
6: I think it's as even as any game there is in the state, John, to be honest. I mean, you mentioned it. HSE playing great with a big emotional win last week. Can you come back now and play a Westfield team that's just young and getting better and better? I marvel at the job. Uh, that they do at Westfield, and the Jake Gilbert and his staff do. They just keep reloading and playing high caliber football. So, yeah, that's a good. That's a good call. That's a really good game. I'm partial, obviously, to Plainfield and Greenwood tonight. Uh, you know, Should be, yeah. Greenwood. So, yeah. Um, well, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a Quaker through and through. Always, always will. Well,
0: be. Y- you mentioned too. I mean, Greenwood three and one, Plainfield four and zero oh right. on the season, and, and you're talking about five A, and uh, rarely are they ever the team that are that are shadowing in and around Bloomington, but I'm trying not to get stung by a yellow jacket. Right, watch me here, via <laughs> the lounge, YouTube live. Watch the host of this show get stung by a yellow jacket live on the air. You know, nothing pisses me off more than getting stung. Too, you're. Going, I'll cuss if I get stung. You have
6: so. an EpiPen with you. Make sure you have
0: an EpiPen just in case, man. I- I freaking hate Yellow Jackets, man. Those things are such a pain in the ass. And this is the one drawback in central Indiana this time of year. Man, right. these things, <laughs> if, if, whatever you're doing, if, if you wash your hair and use shampoo, if you spray right. on cologne, if you slap some deodorant on, they're attracted to all that crap. I hate them. Absolutely hate them. No, but anyway, I'm where I was going with Bloomington North, normally Bloomington.
6: Some of those things.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I, I smell really good all the time, so obviously <laughs> okay, I, I attract everything, in, including yellow jackets. <laughs> um, normally in Monroe County, Bloomington North is overshadowed by Bloomington South. Right. Bloomington North right. in 5A, which I, I think because there is such a, a lack of teams, I would guess, it gives a lot of teams a legitimate opportunity that maybe – Six uh, A, maybe even four A, wouldn't give them right here. I, Bloomington North kind of stands out at four and zero as one of those teams, Bob.
6: Well, I mean they're they're number three in five A, and you know they had obviously you know you got the uh, the the big battle, you know, cross town battle and last I week. Agree with what yep. you said, yeah, I, I agree with you. But it's a it's amazing. You know, the Bloomington, you know, here you have, you know, one city, two great programs ranked in the top 15 of their respective classes because they're turning out. I mean, they do a great job in the summer. The coaches work well together. They have great players. Uh, There's a lot going on. And you you talk about one of the best games in the state. Uh, That's a good one. There's no question at all about that.
0: All right, four A, obviously East Central at the top of that list. Kokomo's right there. You go down south; that's where you really start talking about Southern Indiana teams. Once you get to four A, whether we're talking about Wrights or Memorial, right? Uh, how about Greenfield Central? He's got Shelbyville three and one, four and O coming up later on tonight as well. I'm that? just about to yep. get pissed. I'm gonna kill the hell out of this damn uh-huh. yellow jacket right here. God damn well, it! Send well, it my well, way. What well, is this? You, you go up north. <laughs> Unbelievable battle tonight.
6: <laughs> John, you're talking about four A. The, the <laughs> Northwood Warsaw game is a big one. Uh, Ron colley Guerin is a really a really good game. Uh and, mm-hmm. and also, um, I think that if you look at it realistically, you know, Rice and Evansville Central, Rice is really good. I mean, Rice is really good. Yeah. As is Evansville Memorial. Memorial's playing Harrison, <laughs> so um, Playing well. Playing really good. New pound penalty tonight, I think, is a really, really good ball game, without question. All
0: right. Garen and Ron Colley later on tonight. Not a, a prototypical start at 2-2 two and two for the Royals. Um, Garen Catholic at 4-0 and oh right now. I think that's a Garen coming up later on tonight. And then number one in 3A is obviously Chittard. Um, they, there have right. been a few teams, right. I think, that have played as well as that team has out of the gate.
6: Well, Lafayette, uh, West Lafayette, excuse me, West Lafayette's pretty good, but uh, a lot of talk about the Heritage Hills. Uh, they got a big matchup with North Posey down south, but uh, but but Shadard is just Shadard's in a different uh, different category. Quite frankly, they're they're really really good.
0: All right, uh, one final thing I wanted to ask you. Um, And you may not have enough information where you want to comment, but I did want to bring it up uh, because, you know, you got the news stations here locally, TV-wise, talking about Don Carlisle and his situation over at Ben Davis. Um, I I don't know anything about it. I have no inside information whatsoever. But, Bob, what I do have, I have friends for 20-plus years that I know and incredibly trust and tell me that this is nothing like, and again, the allegations are that he right, he punched right. a kid in, in PE class over a Ben Davis. Of course, we're talking about the uh, the defending champs in basketball and you know, their fantastic coach. All I get are people telling me, hey, when you talk about this, make sure everybody knows that this is not at all. And, and people are almost shocked. By this, and I, I know because of the IU, the, the, the past at IUPUI, and your connection, you probably have a bit of a relationship. And I wanted to get your thoughts, if you wouldn't mind, to to respond to that as far as the allegations and the man himself.
6: Uh, the man himself is a, a first-rate guy, um, a, a quality guy. Um, you know, I had a chance to interact with him uh, quite a bit last year around the championship team, and so I was saddened. I was stunned. Um again, I think we all need to just reserve judgment and, and let the process, as much as I hate the, the term, let the process play out. And uh, I'm hopeful um, that uh, something good comes from this. I'm hopeful that everyone doesn't rush to judgment. I'm also hopeful that uh, that, that everyone gets a fair hearing, the young man involved and Coach Carlisle. So uh, I would urge caution on the part of everybody. But it, this was stunning. It was absolutely stunning to read about it and hear about it. And it seems so totally out of character. And so I like you, John, I'm just uh, cautious about what I say uh, and certainly hopeful that it has a good resolution for everybody involved.
0: Well, I, I haven't even brought this up and and like, I, I play basketball with a lot of different folks and some of which that I play basketball with for 20 plus years that I call really good and close friends. And when I hear that, from them, especially you know, former teammates and friends of his, you know, I just kind of felt compelled in asking you because I haven't heard anybody that's ever said one bad thing about Don Carlisle.
6: Not uh, I, one. I agree with that. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And and that's again, that's why it was so saddening and so stunning uh, to read about it. And you talk about something that you, you're thinking. Are, are you sure you got the right guy here? Uh, so uh, again, um, I have faith in everybody involved and that the process will play itself out and that there'll be hopefully a positive resolution for everybody involved. And I'm not sure if that's possible, but, uh, you know, hopefully everyone again, doesn't rush to a judgment uh, on the, on either side. And uh, we let this play out
0: fairly. So Bob Lovell, Indiana sports talk tonight, tomorrow night, network Indiana affiliated stations throughout this state, of course, get you updated on week five of the high school football season. And then collegially tomorrow we'll have a recap of everything as well. Bob, it's always a pleasure. I appreciate you.
6: John, thanks as always. Have a great weekend.